0: Off trail, on trail, they're all one thing, aren't they? Hello, my name is Constantine, hiker, rambler, owner, and founder of 11 Skies. We created a podcast here to highlight and represent what it takes to make through hiking, long distance backpacking, adventures, outdoor life possible. Questions that focus on the how and the who, not necessarily the what. We all share this love for what we call the outdoors. But everybody's different. The diversity is what makes it wonderful. And just like the trails themselves, the diversity of how people make this life possible and how people continue to live the life that they truly love is what really has inspired us and makes us want to continue to learn about these people. So this is the Off-Trail Podcast where, yeah, we might talk about trails from here and there. It's hard to make a hiker not ramble about trail systems. But mostly we're going to learn about the people. We're going to learn about what makes it possible and how they function and how they manage and how they strategize their time off trail, make on trail possible. Enough of our rambles, let's just get into it, shall we? Welcome back to the Off-Trail Podcast. My name is Constantine.
1: And this is Magpie once again joining you, not live.
0: Third time in a row? Technically it's live because we don't really do editing.
1: That's true.
0: So technically if they had like a camera, it's live. We're going to just call it live.
1: Ish. It's It's live-ish. This is a live show. Welcome to the chat show. Once again, we are disorganized and we didn't even hike a trail this week.
0: No, but as we start off every show, there is Mm -hmm. something I want to do before we get fully into the rambles. Are you looking at what I'm looking at? I see it. You see it? I see what you did there. So, we are about to get into the C4 Energy Drink. This show, as you now have come to realize, is a purely energy drink review forum, I guess.
1: It's an energy drink-fueled podcast, for sure.
0: Yes. So, the C4 has zero sugar, as it says on the label. Let's
1: see. It also says, wow, it says a lot. It says, smart energy, super brain, performance fuel.
0: It's nectar. It says, nectar from the gods.
1: And it's well, also it says peach
0: mango nectar. So I guess what the gods create is only a peach mango flavor.
1: It's also innovate
0: I don't know what that is. It's like tea innovation. It's, it's innovation, yes.
1: And it's cognizin.
0: Mm-hmm. I saw that word too because you. They're just doing a play off the word cognizant. So like if you if they read it real quick and they're very jittery from drinking energy drink, they're gonna read cognizin as cognizant.
1: Oh, it's it's they're calling it cognizin as if it's like niacin.
0: Yes. 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 That's what I'm saying. Wow. Let's crack her open. There's a lot happening. So, as you know as well, since we're both hikers, backpackers, we don't like waste. So I have been carrying this C4 around for mm, slightly over a week and a half now. So it's finally time to get this out of our mess of a car. (laughs) First up. Oh, yeah, it's like nectar from the gods.
1: Doesn't sound... Your facial expression does not read nectar of the gods to me.
0: It's very peachy. It made my eyes water a little bit.
1: I mean, that's wow. always an encouraging sign with an energy drink when it causes a <laughs> physical reaction.
0: It made my eyes actually water. Like, I'm crying a little bit. I'm crying from how good it is. It,
1: is it uh, actually good?
0: No, no, it's not good. Um, So, review for this energy drink is, I don't know, we're going to get into it, get into the show, see how far down we get through the energy drink. I do want to let you all know that we did, in fact, drink the Green Dragon that we had mentioned in the previous week. Green Dragon tastes like a very nasty form of Red Bull, which Red Bull also tastes very nasty.
1: Yeah, it was just, it's, I don't drink energy drinks, but th- it smelled like Red Bull-ish.
0: Green Dragon is Green Red Bull. That is what it is. So, like, if you got food coloring, popped her in a Red Bull, you got Green Dragon. So, I'm not going to do a Green Dragon again. Honestly, every every energy drink I drink on this show, I'm not going to do again. So, it's just try one and be like, I know I'm not going to like it. I'm not going to buy another one. So, I, instead of a review forum for energy drinks, it's mostly like I punish myself with the energy drink, and then I'm like, okay, thank God I never have to drink that one again.
1: So what trail are we talking about this week?
0: Oh, yes. Okay, so we do talk about trails here. So let's talk about the Pacific Northwest Trail. I think we're going to do a little bit of flashbacky stuff, kind of rollbacky stuff, circular stuff. Um, I don't know how many people on here follow our Insta as well as social medias, but we've been talking a lot about circles lately. We've been walking circles We've been thinking about circles, our thoughts are circles, life is a circle, the top of this can is a circle, your face is technically a circle, more ovalish than a circle, the top of that can is a circle, your face cream is a circle, a cookie is a circle. You're not stopping me. I,
1: I just want to see how long he's going to go on for.
0: Um, the key fob is a circle. Guess what's
1: not a circle? What's oh, not a circle? The Pacific Northwest Trail.
0: No, it's actually a linear line.
1: Well, linear... <laughs> Linear, in a sense. Yeah,
0: linear-ish. You could make it into a circle if you wish.
1: Oh, you could make it into a great big circle, and turning you could it even into ca- the Great Western Loop.
0: Oh, you got there before I did. I was going to say you could even call it a Great Western type of circle, Yeah. and then it would have led to the next one. You see what I did there, but you, you But we're not there. talking
1: about the Great Western Loop.
0: No, we're not talking about the Great Western Loop. So we're going to talk about the Pacific Northwest Trail. This talk is going to be a little different than the previous trail talks that these past few weeks we've done, because one, it's a longer trail. So we can't define day by day. We can't say day one, day two, day three, etc. And, and also
1: we did it three years ago.
0: Yeah, so we also we did it three years ago. So we're going to be basing this off of very, very hazy memories.
1: Straight off the dome, baby.
0: Straight off the dome. I'm going to need some more cognizant TM. They actually have a little TM mark there. They don't want people stealing that word. People don't steal cognizant. Mm. So, so let's just define what the Pacific Northwest Trail is. Again, I think most of you all listening probably know what it is, but for somebody that doesn't know what it is, it's a jewel of a trail. It's,
1: I think, my favorite trail. Yes. I really would put it up there. Like, it's the perfect length, 1,200 miles. So you can do it in, like, six weeks.
0: If 1,200 miles is your perfect length, we have a lot of things to talk about. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Okay. Please continue.
1: Six weeks to two months. Um, It goes from... Uh, Glacier National Park in Montana out to Cape Alava in Washington, which I think is like the westernmost point of the continental US.
0: So that's how
1: That's how it's marketed. Yeah, that's
0: how it got promoted to us, but technically I think the westernmost point of the US is like Cape Scott. Again, my Cape 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 Scott
1: is on Vancouver Island.
0: Excuse me. I was about to say my Cape literature and my Cape knowledge is not capillary like my Cape's what i don't know i'm just trying to do c words here now so what i'm trying to say is i don't know a whole lot about capes i know cape cod i know cape Alava, but technically there's a cape north of cape Alava, which is the western terminus of the pct pnt pnt excuse me there's a cape north of there about 10 or 15 miles i believe that is quote unquote the westernmost point so you're advertised that you walk to the westernmost point pretty much you're pretty close you're pretty close um
1: continental u.s is important because there are parts of alaska that are farther west
0: and you could you could make it into a day hike you could finish the pnt walk up touch the quote-unquote westernmost point then walk back we did not um i actually don't know many people who have but it feels like you're at the westernmost point because you've been thinking about that for 1200 miles when you're walking westbound so in your little head make it a circle say i completed this circle i'm at the westernmost point okay so it's 1200 miles where does it go through
1: so it's Montana, a little tiny cheeky slice of Idaho. Cheeky. I mean, it's like 24 miles or something in Idaho. It's not very long.
0: Shout out Horsepower. I don't know if you're listening to this, but um, he's had, we're going to have to get him on the podcast again. He's had some experiences in Idaho. And for everybody listening from Idaho, beautiful state. I've also had some experiences in Idaho. It's it's cheeky. I think cheeky is the correct term for Idaho. yeah. Yeah, even if you're going through it on the CDT, on the PNT, Idaho Centennial, which we have yet to do, I think that's the best term for Idaho. Cheeky.
1: Yeah, also underrated state, Idaho. Mm. I feel like it's like as good as Montana, but there's less people.
0: Mm. Cheeky and peachy.
1: Are you feeling peachy?
0: I'm starting to feel peachy. I can feel the energy So why are we
1: talking about the PNT?
0: So we're talking about the PNT because... I don't know, this has kind of been the format of these shows lately, and I really like unpacking the flavor of a trail, so a lot of the time, yeah, you're going to hear a lot of our rambles, but I want to try to lay out basis of these trails, and as Magpie said at the beginning of the show, we're in a travel week right now, so we haven't been stepping off miles on trail, so we don't have a purely recent one to do, but the Pacific Northwest Trail sticks out to both of us, because it is an epic trail, and I want to shine light on it, because We've talked to people even this past year that still don't know what it is. So it's a light. It's a not a light. It's a trail that we hope to shine some light on.
1: And also, it's the trail where we met.
0: Oh, it is the trail where we met.
1: Improbably, mm-hmm. considering that uh, the PNT is not very well traveled, even by longtime through hikers, it's pretty unlikely that you're actually gonna meet people on the PNT at all who are mm-hmm. hiking it. Um, So the year that we did it, 2019, we started within a day of each other. And just with how the weather conditions shook out that year, a lot of people ended up grouped up in the same place because of storms and rain and the availability of permits in Glacier National Park. So we ended up in a group of like six people at one point, which is unheard of for the PNT. It was basically a bubble.
0: And we were all front runners. So we all had decided in our own little circular parts of our life before connecting in a bigger circle on the trail, so we all, connect, we all had the thought being like, okay, we're going to start the P early. So it was me, you, Psy, Hardy,
1: um, Enigma. Enigma,
0: and then there was one other, Waldo. And Waldo, shout out Waldo if you're listening to this. I don't know if you find this episode. But yeah, somehow a group of six people got grouped up on the PNT, and and we kind of bounced around each other for a long time.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's unlikely but it could happen it is getting a little bit more popular Mm -hmm. now that people more people are doing the triple crown and then looking for something to do next the pnt is a great choice for that especially if after doing three long trails in a short amount of time you're looking for an adventure that's like still rugged and interesting and challenging but you don't want to devote an entire summer to hiking two three thousand miles yeah it's a really great choice I would say in terms of its difficulty level, it's basically the CDT's little sister. Yeah. Like
0: Little sister, but has a bigger punch. This little sister has been in the boxing gym for a long time. Oh, she's got
1: something to prove.
0: Yeah, her bigger sister, like maybe her bigger sister plays soccer or something like that. But this little sister, she's a fighter. She's a scrapper. Yeah. Yeah. She's been scrapping for a long time.
1: So because the PNT is an east-west trail instead of going up and following a line of mountains and staying high on the ridge line almost every day you're going up four or five thousand feet and down four or five thousand feet and then getting into the next range of mountains the next day yes so it's a really cool trail in that way because every time you go over a range you're entering into like a slightly different environment yes. these habitats and environments are you know slightly isolated from each other by the mountains and so every day it's a little bit different it's a little bit new.
0: And for any type of hiking style, it's a great trail because if you want to do 10 mile days, if you want to do 20 mile days, most likely that kind of range of miles would put you on top or mid-level of a new mountain range. If you want to do 30 mile days, 30 plus mile days, you get a bang out up, you get to go down, and you get to walk across a valley to the next mountain. So like any type of mileage you want to do, it puts you in kind of a beautiful area to camp and also not being super oversaturated and overpopulated with hikers um towns cities what have you since it's very remote almost all the camp spots are just gorgeous
1: yeah it's um i lost my train of thought right in the middle of my sentence
0: do you want some c4 it's explosive i'm actually my breathing is picking up like i can feel my chest contract a little bit it might be thinking about the climbs of the pnt but i'm pretty sure it's the c4 zero sugar
1: i don't know man i might (laughs) I might need a little caffeine. We're a little low energy, folks. We're in Vegas.
0: That doesn't define anything though.
1: I just feel like the vibe is the vibe is a little low key today.
0: It is a little low key and we can pick it up. But so yes, what we're talking about, the PMT, so I wanna circle back to even the before the PMT, before we dissect like kind of the flavorfulness of that trail. I wanna circle back and kinda talk about my personal planning with this trail and then also Magpie's planning because the year that we did it, two thousand nineteen, it had information. Um, there was an app that had just gotten released that had the guidebook, so we both used that. But we also bought. Did you buy the paper guidebook?
1: I did, I got it as an ebook.
0: Okay, so I apologize for the author that wrote this. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember his name. But somebody wrote a guidebook for the PNT, and it's kind of like the PNT's handbook. Um, it's similar to yogis like PCT cdt at guidebooks and it's like the bible of the pnt so i got that about six months before hiking the trail and it's a wealth of information but it's also kind of scare tactic so like the first intro i remember the first chapter reading like there's a singular paragraph that sticks out in my head saying your only company out there is going to be mountain lions and bears
1: Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. Really stressing how isolated the trail is and how unlike a major trail experience it will be.
0: And it compared it to the PCT and CDT and said, even if for those hikers that have completed these trails, it's such a different beast, don't go in there too overconfident. And I believe that's true for any trail. Like any trail, don't go in overconfident. No matter how many miles you've stepped out, a freak accident can happen, happen, not happy, happen at any time. So always be prepared, but... It really stressed like how quote-unquote intense this was going to be even if you did any other trails.
1: Yeah, I think the comparison that might be most useful is it's quite similar to the uh, CDT like five to ten years ago. The CDT recently has gotten a lot more attention because of the Triple Crown, and it's gotten a lot more maintenance. The section of the CDT that we did in New Mexico when we were hiking the Grand Enchantment this year was quite different than the experience that I had in 2017 on the CDT. Yeah. So, I mean, it was... Parts of the PNT are pretty similar to how the CDT was five years ago, but I don't think it's very similar to the CDT now.
0: Yeah, so the year of 2022 where we are right now, I believe there's more information, there's more hikers that have done it, so maybe the initial like information on the trail has changed, but even, again, shout out Horsepower, when I was talking to him before he started his hike this year, there's even some scare tactics for him going out to the PNT, and this guy just did the calendar year Triple Crown a year previously, and he's like, I'm worried about the bushwhacks, I'm worried about the terrain, I'm worried about all this stuff. And it's like, dude, like, there, there's this, like, stigma around the PNT Not that... Not
1: stigma, but certainly there's a reputation.
0: Yeah, there's a reputation that it's just going to be, like, pure wilderness. And, like, I don't know how that scales, because if you did the CDT and the PCT, yeah, it can get more wild, but, like, it can't would, scale from 1 to 10 wild.
1: I would say the thing with the PNT in comparison to other trails is that... While it's overall shorter, it's it's the same amount of intensity. It's just concentrated onto a shorter trail. So the wilderness sections and the bushwhack sections are longer and wilder. The landmarks are sort of more few and far between. The roadwalk sections are a little bit more concentrated. So instead of doing like a 10-mile roadwalk and then you're back on trail... You do 60 miles of road walk, and then for 60 miles after that, you're in the wilderness.
0: Yeah, your navigation needs to be on point. But again, if you've done similar hikes, I'm going to exclude the AT here because you just you follow white blazes diff- everywhere. Something. But if you've done the PCT, again, slippery slope there. But if you've done the CDT, the amount of excuse me, the amount of navigation is very similar. And I also think this is a reoccurring theme. Energy drinks make me burp, so a lot of these recordings we've done, there's a lot of excuse me burps going on. I wanted to point that out for you, as well as the viewers. viewers. listeners, Viewers and listeners. Okay. Is this live?
1: Yeah, so live.
0: Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, with the elevation, I want to touch on what Magpie said as well. So, the elevation of the PNT, forgive me for not knowing this exact number, but I believe it's 212,000 feet of elevation gain and or
1: loss. I remember that it was the equivalent of climbing and descending Mount Everest seven times.
0: It was close. I also remember the fact it was close to the equivalency of the Pacific Crest Trail, but half the distance, less than half the distance. So the elevation change is aggressive. But again, what I want to touch on is those mileages that I mentioned earlier. Any way you hike this trail, you can average out miles. So like... You go up steeply, you go down steeply, but then you walk through these valleys of 10 miles, 15 miles. Yeah. Pretty much the entire western side is like roadwalk valleys. So,
1: if you're a relatively fast hiker, you can certainly make up the difference in time that you spend climbing or descending with the flatter sections. So, your sort of um, like weekly average mileage would stay the same, even if your daily mileage fluctuates a lot based on the terrain. Yeah there are fast sections that you can just knock out and like make time up.
0: Yeah. So something I also want to touch on, we're broadly stroking this before we get into more, I guess, specific strokes. I don't know how to describe this, but we're broadly stroking this. We're going to try to unpack it more specifically here in a second. But one more broad stroke I want to do is the bushwhack. So the bushwhack thought of the PNT, again, I still think there's that association people thinking it's going to be pure bushwhack all the time there are key locations that you bushwhack but it's like high intensity bushwhack and then you're free to kind of just cruise miles
1: yeah the one that i'm thinking of that's not the most notorious but certainly the most hefty is uh the lion's head alternate bushwhack
0: apparently they clean that up
1: really yeah
0: so i think horsepower again we're saying your name a lot here horsepower maybe send us a big mac but um (laughs) No, he does quarter pounders with cheese. No, I'm sorry, he does. McDouble's. McDouble's, dude. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But um, yeah, the lion's head bottom route actually got cleared out.
1: Oh, geez. Okay. That's so that's not fair. That's not nice. That's not fair. You should still do the lion's head alternate though. The
0: high, the high route. Yeah. So
1: the PNT's got tons of alternates, um, and there's lots of places where the alternate is starting to become the de facto, uh, like, official route just because a lot of these alternates were created to avoid sections of trail that are really low elevation and therefore like really tangled up with that thick pacific northwest brush
0: oh pnw brush baby it's aggressive
1: oh yeah and so yeah the most notorious one is that lion's head alternate so most people now do the high route which is the lion's head um where you i think it's about 14 miles of bushwhacking about it's, With, more, it's
0: more route-finding than bushwhacking for the high route. For
1: the high route. Neither of us did the low route. No. Because everything that we read suggested that it was absolute hell.
0: I think somebody broke an ankle, like, the week before we went through. Again, this is where the stigma comes from. You hear these horror stories, but it's just, like, unlucky sometimes. You can get unlucky on any trail.
1: Yeah, but you can certainly get unlucky easier when you're trying to push through, like, swampy yeah. vegetation. And so, I, you know, it's a it's a long trail list section... The nice thing about the high route, though, is that it's uh, on a ridgeline. Yeah. And there's a fire tower at the other end that you can aim for. It's beautiful. Honestly, that was a highlight.
0: Yeah, it was. It It was was slow going.
1: It took me all day to do 14 miles, but it was worth it.
0: And there's a small section in the Lion's Head alternate. Most of it's class two, um, but there's a small section in there that's class three scrambling. Very small. Um, I think it might be 100 yards across. Um, When you first go into it, going
1: westbound... You have to climb up some boulder fields and... You
0: also have to cross, like, a chute that's, like, really aggressive.
1: Yeah, there's, like, one small section where you really, really don't want to fall.
0: But besides that, you're mostly on kind of granite rock, exposed rock, and it's smooth going, slow going, but it's smooth going. So for the lion's head alternate, expect a full day. Um, I think we did it in, like, half, to or three quarters of a day, but that was pushing aggressively. Um, So expect a full day. I remember the lines had alternate the bottom route the year we did it. There was a comment that I think both of us read. Because Magpie and I weren't hiking together at this time. But there was a comment both of us read separately that was like, this is the portal to hell. Like, go for the bottom route. Yeah. And that's what made us do the top route. But, yeah, the PNT is full of flavorful alternates. Um, you got to kind of get to pick your own adventure. And there's a saying on the CDT, also true on the PNT, nobody takes the exact same footsteps because it's full of alternates stay true to the route but you can have choices of different alts you want to do
1: yeah some of the road rock sections as well there's a marked route that's on specific roads but like you could just take a different road if you wanted to and i think both of us did that on this trail where it was like well we could take this country road that loops around or we could take this road that is the exact same distance but goes through a town so we can eat lunch
0: i don't remember going through a specific town that was off trail
1: it wasn't like off, off trail. It was just like, if we took this one road instead of the other road, we'd go through this little community. Okay. There's a few places like that. And with the choose your own adventure flavor of the trail, it doesn't feel like cheating. It just feels like, well, it's a road walk anyway. I'm just going to walk a different road.
0: I mean, there's, a, there's an uh, assumption that when you walk a trail, whether it's thousand miles long, 2000 miles long, 3000 miles long, you're walking more than that distance for any trail. Like if you're actually connecting your f- footsteps, by the time you're done that, you've spent three months, four months, five months walking. So you add in all these little point ones, point twos here. Sometimes you add in a few miles out for an alternate. You're walking more than that. So if you keep true to the character of the trail, I think it's it, be honest with yourself is what I'm trying to say. If you yeah. if you feel honest with yourself, you can be happy with your adventure. Um, but.
1: There are some other bushwhacks on it, too, that are shorter, that are, um, don't have as much of a reputation as that big lion's head yeah. one. I would say, honestly, some of those shorter bushwhacks are harder.
0: The Vegematic?
1: The Vegematic bushwhack. It slices. It dices. It's full of raspberry thorns.
0: I fell, and a thorn caught me in the eyelid, caught me in the cheek, caught me in the, the exposed nipples because I was doing hashtag no shirt i always choose the worst no time shirt, to go. no problem yeah i always choose the worst time to go shirt no always. shirt
1: always a problem every
0: time i take off a shirt it's like the most aggressive terrain but so i got caught in the nipple the eyelid the cheek and then like parts of my arms and like i was held up by like these thorn bushes and it was like on that i
1: had to come back and detangle yeah it was so on that... you wouldn't hurt your eye it was
0: on that crumbly slope that if like i misstepped again like i would go fuller into the thorn brush yep there's some aggressive bushwhacks there but that one was 0.3
1: and it took us like half an hour it
0: took us more than half an hour because like literally it was so overgrown with brambles thorns that
1: you would take like one step a minute yeah and then detangle yourself and take another step and detangle yourself
0: and for people that are listening they're like oh yeah a bushwhack's a bushwhack there's so many different flavors of a bushwhack that some brush is thick but you can push through elbow through muscle weight your way through shoulder through when it's everything's a thorn. You can't grab a branch, pull it out of the way because there's just... It's everywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's a lot of bushwhacks, but again, there was one that I found that's not technically a bushwhack that was amazing.
1: Oh, I'm, yeah. You were so mad.
0: It was near Port... Mm, I'm not going to remember the name. It was near a Port once you got closer to the western side. It si- was
1: by, like, a tourist marina.
0: Yeah. So there's, like, this little mountain and there's a trail that says the East Loop and the West Loop. And technically, the official... PNT goes on the east loop. So I got to the trail junction, didn't check my maps. I'm like, the west loop seems like it goes in the right direction. But honestly, the west loop just stops. And then you got a bushwhack up and over this mountain that has pitfalls. I fell on my face like 10 times. I would step in holes that I didn't think were holes and would like sink to half my body and then just smack my face again.
1: Well, and the other thing too is that it's like um, a hill with two summits. And so... You bushwhacked all the way to the top. Yeah. Got confused. Bushwhacked down. Bushwhacked back down to where you started.
0: <laughs> it was it was so mean. So, I think Magpie caught up to us in camp that night. But Sai was ahead of me that day, and Sai was waiting for me at a road junction. He's like, this was the only hill around, and then it was like road walk on either side. So I catch up to Sai and shout out, Sai. He has a good video clip of this somewhere. He just films me walking up like aggressively, like upset, and I just chuck my trekking poles down. I'm like, that's not okay. Like, just sweat pouring off my face, look like I'm caked in dirt.
1: Well, at that point, you had no idea that that wasn't the trail.
0: Yeah, so for people listening, you won't find that. Stay on the east route. Um,
1: It was fine.
0: Honestly, I've never heard of anybody else going through that bushwhack because it's probably super dumb and super easy not to go through it. It's actually more hard to find that bushwhack, so follow the trail.
1: Yeah, it would be too easy if you took the trail.
0: Too easy, yeah. So... We've been broad-stroking it. Let's uh, kind of try to focus down and narrowly stroke it now. Um, this is going to be a true memory test for us. So what I want to do, since we aren't going to go day by day, we can try to go state by state. Give people the flavor of the state. Give people the resupply points in the state. Um, I don't,
1: won't remember the resupply points.
0: We'll go try. This is going to be a true memory test. Um, you might need some Cognizant slash Innovata. Okay. Okay. So we're going to start in Washington because if you go westbound, Washington's the start point you can know no. Get...
1: that would be going eastbound if you started Excuse in Washington
0: me. yes Montana's the start point um what I was I was thinking two thoughts at the same time and I would combine them in my head so what I'm trying to say is if you're going westbound start in Montana honestly would recommend going westbound
1: yeah it so in Montana you start at um Glacier National Park the easiest way to get there is uh to go through East Glacier um i drove my van to a Trail Angels house in Washington and then took the train to East Glacier which was a really nice way to do it It drops you off right in town And it's way cheaper than getting um, a plane into Kalispell and then a shuttle to East Glacier. That's what I did. Yeah Yeah, it was a little pain in the ass. Yeah, it was so uh, You have to go talk to the Rangers in Glacier National Park and get permits for the first two days two three days. Yes. So you're going through that one, and, and it's a nice way to start because you've, you're on a permit, they're probably gonna give you shorter permits. Mm-hmm. Um, we both started in June? I
0: started June 24th.
1: I started the day before you.
0: I think you started the 22nd.
1: Something like that. Yeah. Um, in June, in Glacier National Park, this year, it, the year that we did it, was quite a low snow year, so that mm-hmm. would have been too early for most other years. Yeah. Um, but that said, it was still pretty early, so there was some significant snowpack. I had microspikes and my whippet uh trekking pole, which did come in handy.
0: Yeah, if you can start earlier, I would recommend starting earlier. Again, check the snow conditions, but like if it's low snow, regular snow, I would even err on the side of like being a little earlier because it's a beautiful trail through the summer months, and honestly, I wouldn't want to be in washington in the month of september it would start to get really cold up there rainy so i would even err on the side of starting as early as possible that you're comfortable with
1: yeah i think as early as the snow conditions will allow because also you don't necessarily want to be in uh washington in august
0: yeah we finished up like early august i think
1: yeah like mid-august in the pacific northwest is hot and sweaty yeah
0: so shout out turtle man i don't know if he's still there but The logistics to get to the trailhead, which is actually Chief Mountain, which is also the alternate official terminus of the CDT, Continental Divide Trail, to get there it's a little difficult. Um, Hitching in Glacier is technically illegal because it's a national park, and also a lot of the time it's pure tourism, so tourists don't really want to pick up hitchhikers. But when we did it, there was a Trail Angel there that's based out of there that offers rides, and I'm also assuming... As it's grown in popularity, there's more of a network there. So check Trail Angels, use Facebook, use the social media world that ugh, I got feelings about. But yeah, you'll be able to find a ride there. So once you start in Glacier, you have permits, you have to do specific mile days. Yeah. So whatever your permit says, that's how long it's going to take you. And then the first town stop is Pole Bridge.
1: Which is not really a town.
0: Yeah. Town's a loose term.
1: It's um Well, let's see. There's a bar mm-hmm. that serves burgers and stuff. There's a hostel, which is, like, a yoga retreat center, so, like, definitely call ahead before you try to stay there, but honestly, it's, like, three days in, so you probably don't need to.
0: I can highly recommend the hostel. Sai so and I stayed there, and the gentleman that owned it was, like, an old hippie, like, just super nice. Like, he showed us his garden. Like, really, really pleasant guy. Like, great hostel if you do need a break. Um, say, you're just getting acclimated to trail, want some laundry, shower, what have you. Super cool guy. But also... I would recommend sending a box there because Pole Bridge is not a great resupply.
1: Yeah, there's a general store, but it doesn't really sell a lot of food.
0: You can make do. You can also make do, but it's not going to be great.
1: Also, I got there right before closing, and they were going to throw out all the food. Like, they do, like, hot food. Mm. They were going to throw it out anyway, so the lady gave me, like, a free cinnamon bun and a free sandwich. That's nice.
0: And once you get to Pole Bridge, why I was talking about starting early is once you get to Pole Bridge at 50, 55 miles from the terminus, that's kind of when you're out of the snow danger zone, quote unquote. Granted, each year changes, but like that chunk of change was at least in our year the most sketchy part.
1: Yeah, you're not really going through any like high snowy passes after that.
0: No, like Glacier was the high snow pass area for us. So from Pole Bridge, your next town is Eureka, Montana. Um, I hope it's Eureka. I'm pretty sure it's Eureka. I think Eureka. it is. Eureka. I found Eureka. <laughs> you see what I did there?
1: That's a pretty big town. Um, yeah. At least in 2019, you could camp for f- either free or very cheap in the park next to City Hall. Yes. Um, which is what I did, which is where I found like a huge crew of hikers who were all clumped up.
0: I think you were in town when Sinai and I got in there, but we didn't know about the free camping in the park. So we got like a motel like a uh, mile outside of town.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I recommend it. It's nice. There's bathrooms. There's like places to charge outside on the porch of the city hall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's close to everything.
0: It's a big enough town. Amenities are ample. Um, at least ample those, for a small town. It's like a
1: perfect hiker town. It's like one main street that's like a mile and a half long. Yeah. And it's got food. It's got grocery. It's got laundry, and not much else.
0: Yeah, and from Pole Bridge to Eureka, I believe it's about seventy miles. So. Depending on your mileage, three, four days worth of food, easy carry, the mountains aren't too bad, there's not a significant bushwhack from Pole Bridge to Eureka, it's pretty cruisy, you got some dirt roads stepping through there.
1: Yeah, the last couple miles in were road, which I took a self-made alternate through there, because I was like, why would I go on this road that's five miles when I could go on this road that's four miles?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It
1: turned out that was through private property, but I just went quickly.
0: So that was pretty much... All of Montana. Um you do go from Eureka to the town of Yak. And town here is again a very loose word.
1: No cell service. No not much. It's like four buildings, the town of Yak.
0: Yes, and one of the buildings is a bar. One of the buildings, this one I would almost recommend 99.9% of people send a resupply box.
1: Definitely send a resupply box to Yak.
0: Like, I'm not even a big proponent of resupply boxes. I like the fluidity and flexibility of resupplying on trail, but this one, if you don't send a box, it's going to be a struggle bus, because you got a big carry from here, or big-ish at least, and the Little General Store, they got Oreos, they got bars.
1: They had some ramen, but it was real dusty.
0: It's going to be rough for y'all. It's not going to be easy, so... Make sure you send a box there. I would just highly recommend.
1: Super friendly people in Yak, though.
0: Yes, you can camp directly behind the bar if you talk to the bar owners. And good burgers. It's a little small meeting place of buildings. I was trying to figure out another word for town. I didn't really know. It's barely a town. Yeah, it's barely a town. And also, this area, surrounding area, is probably the highest percentage place that you'll run into grizzly bears. So be very bear aware from... I don't know, from Pole Bridge to a little past Yak, it's kind of the concentration of grizzly bears for the Pacific Northwest Trail.
1: It's like perfect bear habitat. Yeah. It's also really beautiful. It like is. When you're there in like late June, early July, all the wildflowers were blooming. And for a long time before you get into Yak, you're cruising on this like granite ridge up above the like beautiful sparkling river. This was... One of my favorite parts in the PNT and unfortunately I took so many pictures mm-hmm. and then my phone malfunctioned and I lost all my pictures.
0: <laughs> Yak was gorgeous. Yak was gorgeous. And I'm pretty sure this might have been the year after we did it, but there's there was either a town council or a county council meeting that it's like grizzly bear protected habitat around there. Like it was a big talking point. So don't quote me on that. Google that if you wanna read more about that. But that entire area around there is like very passionate about their grizzly bear population. So be bear aware. Don't sleep with your food. Shout out Horsepower. I saw you had an aggressive, aggressive experience. I don't want to use the term aggressive. A scary experience with a grizzly. Any experience with the grizzly is scary, but...
1: It seemed like a grizzly bear that was bent on predation, which yeah. is quite rare, but terrifying. Terrifying, yeah.
0: <laughs> he said the reward would stay with him for his life. Yeah. Yeah, it would... It would we'll have to me talk too. to him about that. Yes, we would. So... Yak is the last Montana town, and from there, you go to Bonner's Ferry, Idaho. You're in Idaho at that point, and Bonner's Ferry, again, is a big town.
1: Well, so the thing is, you don't go directly into Bonner's Ferry. This is the first place on the PNT where you kind of have to hitch.
0: It's a big hitch, too. It's
1: a long hitch. There are shuttles and trail angels that you can call that are in the app, but um, it's it's pretty... It's like a 45-minute drive. Yeah. So you pop out of the woods at this little, like, fishing resort and hotel. Um, the people there are super nice. Like, they're really cool. Oh, I
0: forget what that place was called, but we were allowed to camp in their, like, little... They, they
1: were renovating their swimming pool building. Yeah. And it was basically just torn down to the studs. But... Fiesta Creek. Yeah. It
0: was called Fiesta Fiest Creek or Fiesta Creek. Feist Creek. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's
0: like an outpost.
1: So you, if you don't want to do the hitch into Bonner's Ferry, which can be challenging, you could also send a box there. Yeah. Um, send that box early. Their mail service is not super reliable. They get it like two days a week, and mm-hmm. they have to drive into town to go pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, super accommodating folks. Really, they give you a free beer, I think.
0: I don't know. I didn't get a free beer. I
1: think I got a free beer. And then The
0: breakfast was choice. The
1: great breakfast, great burgers, really friendly people. Uh-huh. So yeah, if, if you're already sending boxes through Montana, send a, send a box to Feist Creek and just keep on moving and grooving.
0: Yeah, but if you want a big service town, it's been a while since Eureka. So if you want more amenities, Bonner's Fair, you can get there as well. So after that, it's a long carry. I think this might have been one of our it's longest like five carries. or six days. Yeah, it's like five or six days to Medellin Falls. And along this way, this stretch is the first like really kind of, I guess, advertised, without a better word, really kind of popular alternate, a lot of people do.
1: That's the Lion's Head, yeah.
0: This is the Northwest Peak.
1: Oh yeah, you did that one. Yeah,
0: Lion's Head is like right before Medellin. So before that, there's also another alternate called the Northwest Peak Alt. And you go up to a peak and then you run a ridge for about 16 miles. About the same, if not...
1: It's about the same distance. Yeah,
0: but it keeps you higher and it's like really slow going because it's boulder hopping. But it is gorgeous. Highly recommend that.
1: It looked super cool. The regular route is mostly just a dirt road. it's not a bad dirt road it's a logging road it goes you know it's basically just wider trail yeah but you're just in the woods it's nothing special
0: and this is also honestly the first time magpie and i were like planning on hiking together or at least in her mind because we had been seeing her on and off that day um leaving bonners ferry right before northwest peak alt and she got ahead of cy and i and so we chatted and we were like hey let's all do the alt tomorrow so what do you do you ended up like camping in a bush and we missed you
1: Okay, so what happened was we were gonna meet up right at the fork where you can either take the logging road or start on this alternate. Yeah. I got there before you guys, um, and I was gonna camp on this little like gravel pullout, but the only place that I could get my tent stakes into the ground was like off to the side and not immediately visible from trail. And I think I fell asleep early or something, and you guys walked right past me.
0: You must have. And, Be- like,
1: didn't see my tent.
0: Yeah, because at that turn off we stopped because there was a creek there. We stopped and got water, and we thought we were hearing stuff, like stuff in the bushes or stuff like that. And, like, we didn't see any tents, anything like that. So we're like, well, that's kind of a bummer. Magpie kind of just either crushed miles farther or did something.
1: Fell behind somehow.
0: Yeah, there's no service there. There's no way to check. So we're like, okay, maybe we'll catch up to her in the morning, catch up to her on Northwest Peak all But yeah, we ended up not being able to link up miles for that.
1: And because the Northwest Peak Alt is scrambling, and because it was like forecasted to rain that day, I didn't want to go do the Northwest alone, just in case I slipped and turned an ankle or something. And so, yeah, I didn't see them. And so I just opted to do the low route and like stay safe instead. And it did pour. Yeah. So I think it was a good decision.
0: It was a good decision. So that area, honestly, from Bonners Ferry to Medellin Falls was probably some of my favorite hiking. Um, you go through Idaho pretty much. Medellin Falls is like very close, if not on the border of Washington. I think it's close. I think it's still Idaho. No, it's Washington. It's a Washington town.
1: It's right over the border. Yeah.
0: So right before Medellin is when you do another alt that is, you can choose which one to do, but you can do the Lion's Head ridgeline or you can stay on the regular route down low. And like we talked about.
1: Highly recommend doing the Lion's Head.
0: Highly recommend doing that. I don't want to unpack that too much. It's a high point for both of us of the trail, literally and figuratively, um, you have to experience it to understand it. It's beautiful. So
1: even if they cleaned up the low route, it would still be a lot of like terrible thorny bushwhack.
0: Yeah, it'd still be pretty rough. So from Medellin Falls.
1: Oh, I will say too, when you just get into Medellin Falls, like the day before, it's also really beautiful because you go through this like huge old growth cedar forest. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was one of those um, like big old forests where there's not too much undergrowth, but there are these, like, massive, massive trees that gets described with, like, the cliche, like, it's a cathedral to nature. Aww, well, that's sweet. It's very beautiful. It
0: was beautiful. So, yeah, Idaho, it's hit a hidden gem. Again, it's a beautiful state, so...
1: There's also another alternate that I think they've gotten rid of that, because basically nobody did the, like, quote, official route because it was on a so-called logging road that hadn't been used for about 40 years. Mm-hmm. That was just... Straight hell. Yeah. And I think after we did it, like in 2020, they changed the official route to the other logging road that's actually like usable. Huh.
0: Well, that's, there's always new alternates, it seems. Yeah. So, Medellin Falls, you leave there and you can carry more food, you can carry less, but you go through a very small town, like the first day out of Medellin, depending on your miles, called Northport. Oh, yeah. And Northport has a famous trail angel. I apologize, I don't remember the name. She's super nice. She'll let you camp in her yard, use her shower. You can use it as a stopover. You can just run through that town, grab a quick bite to eat. It has like one little Mustang bar or something. Yeah,
1: it's a little diner. Um, I think it has
0: a DG too, a Dollar General.
1: I, yeah, it's either a Dollar General or like a little independent grocery store.
0: So yeah, you can pop in, but it's so close to your last town stop. Most people will probably just cruise through. And then you start getting into a little bit longer carries. Um, Northport to Republic.
1: The first time.
0: The first time, yeah. So the trail makes a kind of U-shape around Republic. So you have options. You can go in on the east side. You can go in on the smack dab in the middle side. You can go in on the west side. There's like three entry points into Republic. And at first, we went, we both went in on the east side, um, needing to resupply. And then we ran into a trail angel in that town. And or, she
1: said she offered to like pick us up when we got to the west side yeah. and bring us back to her house.
0: And let's call her a trail devil. She actually does call herself a trail devil. They call themselves... Their Art- goal
1: is to waste as much of your time as possible. Yeah,
0: and waste in a beautiful way. In a way. good way. Yeah, shout out Artie. Um, she is... And I am apologize if I don't know your partner's name. But shout out Artie. She is an amazing woman. Um... And yeah, she picked us up and she just kept trying to be like, you want to zero with us? You want to zero with us? It's we'll like, feed you. Yeah, we'll feed like, you no, some more. You want some ice cream? Going. You want
1: some salad? She
0: did also have a pet chipmunk in her house. Which Not a is... pet
1: chipmunk. She had a cat oh. that brought a chipmunk into the house alive
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then chased the chipmunk all around the house as recreation.
0: Yes. And I mean, it was Republic, by far one of my favorite towns. One for the Trail Angel and then just two, like, it was a very cute little town. It's like a perfect... Hiker town because it has one main street. You can walk to everywhere on that main street. Like you can see the other end of the main street. You got motel, shower, laundry, everything.
1: Also, Artie is the postmaster, so if you send a box to Republic, she'll just pick it up for you.
0: Yeah, Republic highly recommend, and we did not talk. That's
1: where we first got together too.
0: That is. That's where we first started hiking together, and
1: that's where we first started making out.
0: Oh, okay. You're going past PG. Okay, so
1: I think making out is PG. Maybe 13. 13 Yeah, it's
0: definitely 13. So we didn't really talk about the trail from... Oh, north. that's
1: also outside of Republic, between Republic 1 and Republic 2, is where I got stalked by a wolf.
0: Yes, yes. Beautiful ridgelines up there. Um, I forget the mountain range, but you actually do a little ridgeline walking around there. That was our first 10,000-mile, um, excuse me, 10,000-foot day of elevation. Remember you had stomach issues that oh, yeah. day? So we did like 10,000 feet of elevation in one day. It's aggressive climbs, as you, as we've talked about.
1: So, yeah, the area around Republic to the West is a wolf reintroduction area. And Mm -hmm. I guess when we were there, they were like just sort of getting settled, the wolves. And so they were not behaving as is typical for wolves, which is generally to avoid people and places where people go. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I can tell that story later, I guess. But uh, be aware that there are wolves in that area. If you see a gray flash that seems to be following you through the woods, don't talk yourself out of the idea that it's a wolf and that you're overreacting because uh, it is. It's a wolf.
0: Also, don't be scared of the wolves, but like. It just kind be of freaked
1: co- me out though. Yeah,
0: be, be cognizant or. I'm sorry. Be. Where's the cognizant. word? Cognizant. Be cognizant of wolves out there. I had to relook at the can to figure out what the word was. So from Republic, you start going into like kind of, I don't know, deserty type terrain.
1: Yeah, so this is just south of the Okanagan Valley in uh, British Columbia. You're really, really close to the Canadian border. It's a town called Whistler, uh, Washington, and it's it's like a wine-growing region. If you're into wine at all, you've probably heard of the Okanagan Valley, and Mm -hmm. and it's the continuation of that ecosystem. Mm -hmm. It's very, very cool. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed this part of the trail.
0: It was beautiful, and you get to the next town after Republic is Orville, and they have like a massive PNT uh, map on the one hotel you can stay at in town. Like I think it's called the Canary.
1: They're super um, hiker friendly. Super
0: hiker friendly, yeah. So Orville
1: have... is like your biggest town since Eureka, or oh. well, Republic is is about the same, but Orville's really big.
0: Yeah, it's probably your biggest town in a while. Huh? Again, services you can resupply there pretty easily.
1: You and can hitch in really easily.
0: You walk directly in.
1: Oh, you're right, we do. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it's four miles on the road before you get to the town proper. Yeah. That's right.
0: And then you have to do a road walk out. Granted, didn't do research before this show. They might have changed that road walk in or out of Oroville, but I doubt it because it would be hard to put it on It's uh, all
1: agricultural land. property, yeah. so.
0: So I think you're going to have a little road walk out of there. Rest up in Orville. shower up, resupply up, cram your face full of food because sections start getting long. <laughs>
1: This is the part where you go into that one where you have to, like, send a box to the houseboats after this? Yeah,
0: it's the Poseidons.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, the
0: Poseidon Wilderness. The
1: Poseidon Wilderness is awesome, but it's not easy.
0: No, I think we counted. One day we were going downhill in five miles, and there was, like, more than a thousand blowdowns. Yeah,
1: it was, for five miles, it was every, like, ten feet, there was a blowdown. Small blowdowns. Yeah. But just... We call them hurdles. <laughs> yeah,
0: we do call like them hurdles. They're like these skinny
1: little saplings that are like knee high.
0: Yeah. So what's fun about that is like you're in full wilderness at this point. Carry, I think we carried six or seven days of food. And we were still doing 30 mile days. And pushing. Yeah, like pushing miles. Um, Honestly, it will probably take most people longer. I'm not trying to say that there were faster hikers, but I'm trying to say like we were aggressively pushing through here. Um, we were waking up at like five or six and like walk until 10 p.m.
1: Yeah, Um, and there are some significant bushwhack sections through here. It's an area that is very often touched by, like, low-intensity fire. And so even if they do maintenance work on the trail, some part of it is going to get, like, fired out or it'll get washed out because it's also very prone to flooding.
0: Epically beautiful, though.
1: Really awesome, but certainly remote and not as fast as you think. Also, no switchbacks anywhere in this. You are going straight up, straight down, jumping over trees, navigating through... Um, like really tangled up burn zones. Like yeah. it's it's an adventure.
0: Yeah, so up to this point on the trail you've also been experiencing very gorgeous pockets of wilderness, but you've been connecting it through a lot of these valleys. This is like the first consistent full days wilderness. Again, depending on your miles, but like this is like your smack in the wilderness for Four a or week. five
1: days of no roads. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So get prepared. Um do what you need to do in Oroville to get prepared for this because your next resupply place is not even it's that... not
1: even a resupply really yeah
0: it's called ross lake and granted you can hitch off but it would be an aggressive It's like a two
1: hour hitch to on like dirt bellingham
0: road. or something yeah um i wouldn't recommend it but if you need to to re-up or to like just rest or something went wrong in the previous section you can there is an option there but most people will use ross lake as a resupply point because they just are trying to push through the wilderness section in one go
1: yeah, so Ross Lake is a houseboat resort. Yes. It is not a town. There's very little that you can buy there. You can get like sodas and candy bars and that's it. Yes. And you need to also to send this box early because it can take them up to three weeks to receive mail. Yeah. Um, and you need to pay them because they have to truck it in on an ATV. It's, it's an
0: understandable fee. It's
1: an understandable fee. It costs them a lot of money to bring stuff in.
0: And be prepared um, if you don't send a box like you're not you're screwed. you're, you're going to have to hitch off. So it's not like oh I'm going to make do. They have bags of chips. They have sodas. I'm pretty sure that's it. They, they don't may- even have beer. No. I, I don't remember cuz I it. really wanted a oh, beer. Okay. I was like
1: craving it and I'm like oh it's a resort. They're going to have beer. They don't sell alcohol. Yeah, they
0: might have done more in their store since we hiked it, I but I doubt it. I doubt it too. Don't don't rely on just making do with what you're going to get there because You did a long section to get there and you're also about to do another long section to the next town yeah another six or seven days
1: yeah so you're going through the cascades yeah um you do need permits for this we tried multiple times to call the ranger station to arrange permits which is what you're supposed to do because they're date specific and you need to like get them when you get there because you don't know when when exactly you're going to enter the wilderness Mm -hmm. We couldn't actually reach a ranger.
0: So we ended up just pushing through the wilderness in one day, which is also an option because it's like a 30 it's, to 40 mile wilderness and I think we linked our miles up to just push through it.
1: Yeah, it was an aggressive day and it was a long day, but if you can't manage to get those permits arranged, you can push just to the very edge of the park Yeah, and camp legally, but it was... Yeah, it was a bit of a tricky one.
0: This is also where the famous, like, not famous, but, like, the cable car picture is. Oh, yeah. There's, like, a hand-over-hand, like, old ore cart that you pull yourself across. Um, Yeah, so
1: it's a big river that floods often. And so instead of putting a bridge in that's just going to get destroyed, they put in, like, a a cable, like a steel cable with a little bucket under it that you, like, pull yourself across on.
0: Really fun. It was cool. And I think this is where, what was the pass called? Dot com pass, up pass,
1: Watcom Pass.
0: Whatcom Pass. That one was like if it's you look the at,
1: steepest slope that I've ever hiked up.
0: I think you hike sixteen hundred feet in a mile. It's, it might be thirteen hundred. No no,
1: it's seventeen hundred feet up in 0.8
0: Oh, it's you're looking straight up a mountain. It
1: there are switchbacks, but you look up the switchbacks and it's like a ladder. <laughs> they, it, it's they're vertical. Yeah,
0: it's vertical and um it's gonna take you a while. <laughs> it's a it's an aggressive up. Um, honestly, since the Bigfoot Trail though, ups have no more meaning to me because the aggressiveness of those ups were also something. But yeah, this is you're doing a lot of up and down on the PNT.
1: Yeah, this so, this is a memorably steep pass.
0: Yeah. So once you get through more of this wilderness area, you have two options. You can go into the town of Concrete or to the town of Sedro Woolley. Um, I'm pretty sure there's an alternate that you can walk off into Concrete and then stay on the road and walk all the way to Sra Woolley but honestly that might be a little bit of a bummer I mean do I what you want to it. yeah do what you want to do but it would miss some gorgeous kind of trail through there
1: um, so. typically you can stay in concrete they have a laundromat and they have a like a little general store yeah. unfortunately when we were there the general store was getting renovated or something and it wasn't open. And also, all the hotels were booked because there was like a fishing tournament in town. I know, it was so and weird. And so we were planning to go into Concrete and not go to Sedro Woolly, but we couldn't. There was yeah. nowhere to stay and there was nowhere to get food. So we ended up actually. So Sedro Woolley is where the Pacific Northwest Trail Association's headquarters are. Yeah,
0: stop in and say hi. They're really cool people. And
1: they happened to be out doing trail work, so they picked us up and drove us to Sedro Woolley. You're mistaken. Am I? Oh, they yeah. drove us back. You're no, right. No, so
0: Concrete is where it's going to be kind of a uh, preview of what happened. We met the couple oh, yeah. that we stayed with in Anacortes.
1: That's right. Yeah. And they drove us in. They'd never heard of the trail before, nope. but they were out there hiking, and they had like basically just heard of the PNT because yeah. they were out hiking this weekend, yeah. and they gave us all a ride into Central Woolley and then gave us their number yeah. for when we, we were going go to go to yeah. They were so sweet. They were
0: such a sweet couple, yeah. So... We got super lucky. We hitched in from concrete into Sedra Woolley, and then we got back from the PNT, which it's a really hard hitch. Um, we had to actually go back into concrete because that's where Magpie had sent new shoes because we thought we were staying there. So we had to get the new shoes there, and then it's like a really aggressive hitch to get back to the PNT um, because we got dropped off by the PNT Association, I believe, at a junction of the road that was still like 20 miles up to get there, and then we had to hitch again to get there. But it... Y'all have hiked, or you haven't hiked, or you've heard hitching stories. Hitchhiking, it's luck of the draw. So, you get lucky, you don't get lucky. I'll also
1: say it would be really difficult to hitch out of Cedro Woolley. No disrespect, but it's not a really nice town. There's a lot of well there's an addiction medicine program there and so a lot of the people that you see trying to hitch out of there are not necessarily people that you'd want to give a ride to mm-hmm. um and so if you're trying to hitchhike out of there instead of a a ride you might be waiting a long time just because yeah. people are suspicious of people with backpacks yeah
0: and sedra woolly ish that area is kind of your introduction into what's going to become your new life for a little bit which is towns almost every day so once you kind of leave Cedro-Wooley area, depending where you hitch in, you finish up that wilderness part, and then you start getting into Washington, and like as soon as you cross into the state of Washington, it's a lot of roadwalk. There are trail segments in there, but it's a lot of coastal towns that you go through.
1: Yeah, which was actually nice. After yeah. having done these this basically 14-day section with no town, except yeah. for Ross Lake, we were like, okay, we're going to wake up, we're going to hike two hours into town and have breakfast. Yeah. We're going to hike some more hours and have lunch
0: it was nice we're gonna hike
1: some more hours and have dinner
0: yeah yeah i don't know the exact mileage on that section but i think it was like 100 to 200 which is very broad excuse me that c4 is like blowing up and it's creating gases that's why they call it c4 but i think it's about 100 to 200 miles pretty broad stroke there but i think it's closer to 100 um but again you're walking these roads you're doing these little segments of trail and you're pretty much always going through towns the camping gets a little more difficult here Um, We had an experience where we camped in a state park that technically we camped in the no camping zone and a sheriff and a deputy came by and woke us up at night and they were super friendly. They just said, be out of here by the morning. But again, with the information we had. Yeah, they came
1: by at like 11 at night, so they weren't going to ask us to move at that point.
0: And with the information we had in the year of 2019, there was nothing saying don't camp there. Yeah. So information might have gotten better. There might be more resources at this point. There was point. no
1: signage on it either. Yeah. We were like, oh, there's picnic tables here. I bet we could probably camp.
0: Yeah, because I... This is going to be a tangent, and I don't want to get too deep into this tangent, but stealth camping and me, I don't have a very pleasant opinion of it because stealth camping, if necessary, sometimes you have to do it, but try to make that as minimal as possible because... You want to give the trail a good name. You want to give hikers a good name. You want to give. The... You
1: don't want to have a negative interaction with a landowner yeah. and like sully the trail. And even
0: if it's like a pleasant interaction, like you talk to the landowner, they're like, yeah, it's fine. It's like there's still that initial taste of just. From their eyes, they're looking at some. Again, this is going to be a derogatory term, but you got to put it in their position. They're looking at some hobo that's just walking. They don't see necessarily a thru-hiker. They don't see necessarily a backpacker. They're like, somebody just walked and set up on my land. Like, Don't stealth camp unless very, very necessary. I think out of all the hiking we've done, maybe out of 20,000 plus miles, less than 1% has been a stealth camp.
1: Yeah, and if you are going to be forced to camp on private property, I always try, if I can, to um, pick a place that's either like state or public land that you're technically not supposed to camp on or pick something that belongs to, like, a utility company or some other, like, forest, like, lumber company, then at least if someone comes to talk to you, you're not on, like, somebody's, like, backyard. Some official person is going to come and have a conversation. You're less likely to encounter somebody who's, like, crazy and is going to come and talk to you with a shotgun on their hip.
0: Now you're just giving them resources to stealth camp. No,
1: I'm saying this is how you do it safely and respectfully if you have to.
0: Just don't do it. Try not to. I'm not trying to be Hippocratically oath here. You see, I've done that a few times now.
1: You mean hypocritical?
0: Hippocratic oath. I like doing it that way. Okay. So, um, and I'm not trying to stand on this Hippocratic oath here and say we haven't done it. We have done it. But again, we try to minimize it to like as low as possible unless it's 100% necessary. Unless like, our feet are killing us unless we've pushed 40 miles that day. Or the we've, next legal... we,
1: we've made a mistake in yeah. terms of what's legal and not legal.
0: Yeah, the next legal camp is another 20. Like, we can't physically do a 60-mile day for other factors. Whatever have you is like, minimize, 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 minimize it. And if all goes according to plan, don't do it at all. So, again, not trying to be a hypocritical oath here, but I have a lot of feelings about people that just stealth camp all the time nope nope no nope. i'm gonna i'm gonna move on so you go through a lot of towns here you go through the town of anacortes where we got to stay with a wonderful couple
1: they were so um, cute they, were they so like cute. bought so much food because they're like we've been reading about through hiking through hikers are so hungry are you sure you don't want more yeah. we have all this soda for you they
0: gave us a lot of food they i felt so bloated so awesome i was like a whale we were on the coastline and i was like the whale that was leaving town yeah it was aggressive they bought me a new shirt
1: they did buy you a new shirt
0: <laughs> yeah they're like you need to look better and then Magpie and Sai and Hardy started calling me the Incredible Hulk.
1: Because he was all green. Yeah,
0: I was wearing all green clothes. So you go through Anacortes, you go through Oak Harbor, you go through Co- Coopville.
1: Um, there is a ferry ride.
0: That's Port Townsend. Yes. Yeah, so Oak Harbor area is also where these famous trail angels are. And it's prime because, again, camping's a little tricky around there, called the Happy House.
1: They're so sweet. Yes.
0: And I think they're still providing services for hikers they like not having the influx like on the at on the pct on the cdt they they like having like intimate relationships well i'm gonna i'm gonna say that a different way they like having intimate conversations with hikers and getting to know them well so
1: that's one of the nice things about the pnt is because it's not maybe a 100 people a year hike it that's like a generous estimate that like, the trail angels are still really excited to have people. Not that, like, on the PCT or the CDT, they're necessarily not happy to host you. But on the PNT, um, hikers are still kind of a novelty. And yeah. so all the trail angels are, like, able to give you more of their time and are, like, really excited to see you. It's more of a personal relationship than yeah. you might get with somebody who's essentially running a hospital out of their house.
0: Yeah. And if you're going westbound at this point in the PNT... Again, before you get to Washington, that 100 mile chunk, I would honestly even recommend like, again, through hikers don't do this a lot, but planning your miles because it's way more stressful because you're going through so many towns when you don't have a plan and you can't just camp anywhere. So like you're going to be in shape enough. The walking's going to be easy enough. You honestly can do anywhere from 20 to 40 miles, depending on your body type, depending on your fitness level, depending on your shape, depending on how you like hiking um, I would just plan your miles through there. It would yeah. make it easier on you, less stressful, and you would honestly enjoy that section more. It's a lot of road walk, but you can find a lot of enjoyment in it.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, just like look ahead for the next four days, pick yeah. a couple spots where you want to camp and just chill out.
0: And you can l- use Happy House as your last bouncing off point to get back into the wilderness areas because from their house, I think it's like seven miles to the ferry, I believe.
1: It's pretty close.
0: It's pretty close. So you can wake up there, go to the ferry, and then keep hiking on the trail. So you go through the town of Port Townsend, where you have to schedule a ferry. Easiest six miles. I wanted to swim it. Magpie wouldn't let me swim it, even though we had just met at that point. She <laughs> she was still... Excuse me. She looking was... out
1: for your best interest. Yeah, she
0: was still looking out for my best interest. She said, don't swim a sound where... Honest. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. That is a joke. I was not actually going to swim the sound, because it's ocean. You will die. It's um, cold.
1: It's um, the Pacific. Unless you're an
0: Olympic swimmer, no, you'll you'll just die. Never, never mind. You you will die. Um, six don't, miles. Don't do that. Six miles of like big ships coming through freezing cold water. If you have a pack on, it's you're a huge drown.
1: shipping lane as well. Yeah, don't do it.
0: Um, <laughs> Take I don't know. The ferry. I don't know anybody that's done it. I'm pretty sure everybody recommends against it. Don't even have the thought. I don't know why we're still talking about it.
1: All right, so let's wrap this up. So
0: it's well, a lot of. We're, we still have a chunk of time. Oh yeah, go. there's the
1: Olympic. Peninsula, yes. which is what you're on when you take that ferry. Yes. Um, that one, I don't think you need permits if you take the, uh, what's it called, the Bogachiel route.
0: You need permits.
1: Dude, we, we, we got permits. Okay. I don't if, remember if, this. So
0: you go, so from Port Townsend, you go one of two ways. You can hitch off into, I think this is where it gets a little tricky, at least the year we did it. So you can hitch off to the town of Port Angeles, which has the ranger station where they need to print off the permits. Which we did. And we used Port Angeles to print off our permits. We used it as a bouncing off spot. Then we hitched back to trail. And then you have a road walk. And this is where it gets tricky. There's a couple entrances into Olympic National Park. But all the PNT entrances are bushwhack. So this is where the bushwhack got interesting again.
1: Yeah, I remember this.
0: So you can choose your route. I think we chose like a less schwacky bushwhacky route. But I think it's where you kind of choose your own adventure. As long as you get into the park... Um, from this roadwalk you've been on, you're, you're golden. And as long as you stay on your permits as well.
1: Yeah. A lot of Olympic National... Oh, yeah, we did need permits. Um, that's where I ran into Hummingbird, someone I met on the CDT, who uh, was then working as a ranger. Yeah. Just totally by chance. Yeah. It was cool.
0: And, and Olympic National Park, this area also has a lot of alternates you can do. Yeah. So we did a high alternate hurricane, okay, maybe. Don't remember. So it was a high alternate where we did three passes within a day. Um, there was one called Copper Pass.
1: Yeah, there were low passes, but there were. it was certainly like some it's exertion. Yeah. It's also a very popular part of the park. It is. There are mountain goats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. By far, you've been enjoying the road walk. You've been enjoying the scenic views. You're back in kind of, it's national parks, so not full wilderness, but you're back in the woods. You're back in like nature and like. It's really, really beautiful. It's a nice way to start ending the hike and, like, kind of trailing down a little bit, so...
1: After that, you have an option. You can either do the Ho Rainforest route, which is...
0: Don't do it. Don't do the Ho Rainforest.
1: Not official.
0: Yeah, don't do it. And it's
1: also really well-maintained. Or you can do the official route, which is the Bogachil, which was... Surprisingly not maintained for a national park. It's a bushwhack
0: Not just surprisingly, aggressively, it's aggressively not maintained. Aggressively
1: not maintained. So
0: I don't have a whole lot of feelings about cheating. I don't think there's a quote unquote cheat on trail. Well, I'm not gonna go too deep into that. Unless you skip miles and don't connect your friends. But if you're going out there for an adventure, that's a whole different story. Regardless, um, through hiking is defined in many different ways. But I have an opinion, other people have an opinion. I'm trying not to talk on this tangent too much. But if you take the whole rainforest, you're cheating. <laughs> Yeah. Straight up, you're cheating. It's you,
1: not the PNT.
0: You must experience the Bogachiel. It is so bad that you have to experience it. There's so, also the
1: creepiest abandoned cabin I've ever seen. So creepy. Which is 100% haunted. There yeah. was like an old children's doll in it, and I really didn't like that.
0: Yes, yeah, so creepy. So haunted. I mean, I think the grass around you was like head high, and it's like, it's a little bubble of an area.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like this weird... Twice.
0: Yeah, so the Boguch- the Boguchelli, um it's right before the you can hitch into a town called Three Forks.
1: Forks, it's just called Forks. Oh,
0: we didn't go into that town, but... But we
1: did order pizza to the trailhead.
0: We did, we did. Um, the Bogachiel, it's a pushwhack. That's, from all our bushwhacks on the trail, it was the most consistently bad and consistently long. Um, it was...
1: It's head high. Cl- it was close
0: to 10 miles. It's, yeah. Yeah, it took a long time. So... Once you get through there, you're kind of smooth sailing onwards to the coast. Um, I think you have, once you get out of the Olympic National Forest National Park, yeah. I think you have seventy miles left somewhere in there.
1: A lot of the connector piece from Olympic to the coast is roadwalk. Um, it's another area where you're doing a lot of like town for breakfast, town for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, I think, where we did the most like choose your own adventure with the roadwalks because we're like, it's the same.
0: I think we stick to a lot of the regular route we
1: stuck to a lot of the regular route but there were a few places where we like detoured off a mile to go through a town
0: again i don't remember that as well as you
1: yeah i, don't I mean we there's went... tons of like even on the app at the time that we were doing it there was like multiple road walks that you could choose from yeah and they all just went to different towns that were all of roughly the same size so yes. you can just decide what you want to do there
0: yeah so this would bring you to the ocean where you technically I'm doing quotations right here. Technically, you have beach walk. In a lot of people's minds, that means smooth sailing.
1: This beach was hard. It was.
0: Beach is, again, a very loose term because I saw very little sand.
1: Yep. It's rocks, it's tides, it's pinch points. Um, It's bluffs. It's bluffs. With this one, someone's vacuuming outside.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, With this one, though, there are, like, high tide alternates, which are incredibly steep, incredibly muddy. Yeah. They have, like, ropes set up on these bluffs so that you can actually physically get up them. Yes. Um, It was a really cool, adventurous way to end the hike.
0: It was. It was
1: not easy.
0: There's one point that sticks out in my memory, and I'm going to say this here. I hope they've changed it because I've talked on a lot of shows about this, a lot of videos about this, a lot of different media about this. There's a place along this coastline that's called Scott's Point. The maps, the GPX files, the any maps you use, the PNT official maps, at least of the year 2019, had you going around this point.
1: Yeah, it shows it just going out into the surf and then back in.
0: Don't go around the point. There's a trail above the bluff to go up and over. Do that because... It's very well marked. Yeah, I missed it. And I try going around the point. So you can get out to these rocks and you can see where it curves around and you can see where you can get back to like shin-high water. I took a step off these rocks and instantly plunged underneath. The water went over my head. I was swimming in the ocean, free falling. I could start singing free bird, free falling, whatever you want. And it's tidal. It's tidal through there, so you might get sucked out. I got super frantic, super lucky, climbed my way back on a rock, climbed up the bluff, and found Magpie, and I was sopping wet.
1: And I was sitting there thinking, he's taking a long time. I wonder if he's pooping. Yeah. And then he comes up soaked from head to toe. Yeah. i just started laughing
0: i took a dunk in the ocean yeah and that was that was a great bluff on the way back down you could like rope rappel your way down that was fun yeah it's really fun but don't expect those beach miles to be quick um super rocky there was like a chunk in there near the very end it was like four miles of pure slippery rocks that i think we went mile two mile per hour max on those
1: yeah you're just rock hopping your way across yeah
0: don't expect those beach miles to go quick. And honestly, you're finishing up the hike. Soak it in. It is a beautiful area. Oh,
1: also, also, also. Huh. They have beach raccoons.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do have beach raccoons.
1: So, you know, be Scruffy careful with your food.
0: looking things.
1: Yeah, they looked real skinny and upset.
0: They look like there's an anger in their eyes and they're out there to prove something.
1: And they don't care that you're near them at all.
0: It looks... If, if an animal... Well, an animal can look like it has rabies. But if an animal can look like it has rabies without actually having rabies... These animals look like they all have rabies.
1: Yeah, they were pretty like they were very punk raccoons. <laughs>
0: yeah. It looks like a bite from these raccoons is gonna it's
1: gonna hurt a little bit. So cute yeah. beach raccoons.
0: Yeah, and then you finish um at Cape Lava. Beautiful spot.
1: There's no sign or anything, but there is a huge like tidal island that makes a really good backdrop for like the end of the trail, because you're the trail that you have to take to get back to where the road is is like right across from it.
0: Yeah, that's the most people's Terminus pick is a, I think it's a half mile past that trail. Like you walk half mile, quote unquote, extra on the beach. And most people's, quote unquote, Terminus pick is this big island that has a few trees on top. Go touch the rock. I put my hand on the rock and cried a little bit. And then you're done. Yeah. Well. I cried a lot.
1: You did cry a little bit. Oh, really? No.
0: I might have. I might have teared up. The teared up, I might have been drinking C4. I can start blaming my tears on just drinking C4. Okay.
1: Yeah. So you hike a half mile up the beach, and then you have eight miles to get to the parking lot.
0: Mm-hmm. What? Three.
1: It's longer than that.
0: Three and a half. Okay. It's not eight.
1: It's maybe it's six.
0: No, it's three and a half.
1: All right, I believe you.
0: So if you add in the half mile from that big rock back to the trail that brings you to the parking lot, it's like maybe three point eight. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: So we you were... must have been tired. I don't remember. I th- I thought it was longer. Oh. Um, fortunately for us, when we were hiking in Olympic National Park, we actually met somebody who Constantine knew from the internet, just completely by chance recognized him. An internet boy. An internet friend. Yes. And so he lived in the area where he was traveling through the area, so. When we got to that parking lot, he was waiting with this like really cute sign that he yeah. made out of like sparkly letters that was like, welcome through hikers. Shout
0: out Chris, man. You really helped out in so many ways. You were awesome.
1: Because getting back to civilization from that trailhead, if you're trying to hitch, could be difficult. So yeah. arranging a ride for the end of that trailhead when you're like tired and you've finished is probably a good idea. I would recommend. Um, it's quite a long ride Drive back to anywhere.
0: We drove back to Happy House.
1: Because my van was parked there. And we
0: had to break it up into two days. So the first day I think we drove three hours and got to like a cheap motel in some middle of nowhere town at like 1 a.m. And then the next day we drove another three hours. So I guess we could have done it in one day, but we were too busy like just being happy with each other and celebrating and just like... And
1: we finished hiking late.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I mean... It is a wonderful, wonderful trail. The PNT, it literally gives you the flavor of all different types of environments, all these trails. You get the big you...
1: mountains, you get the coast, you get the rainforest, you get Washington Mountains. Yeah. Like it's a really fantastic trail. And
0: if you've done the trails, the AT, PCT, CDT, if you've not done these trails, it gives you kind of a mix of everything. It lets you experience like so much different and so much like Untouched, I don't want to say untouched, but like so much untouched terrain. There is something that's really funny that you'll experience on the PNT is so you do follow the PCT corridor for like, I don't know, 10
1: miles. Something like that.
0: So when you connect into the PCT corridor, you come out of a trail that's maybe like a foot wide, which is the PNT.
1: But you've been going through the Pasatens, which yeah. has no trail for a lot of it. And so we're like, wow, this trail's really good. It's yeah. like maintained somewhat and like it's big enough that you can actually see the tread of the trail this yeah. is amazing trail and then we popped it onto the pct and we're like oh this is good
0: trail." yeah like the pct <laughs> felt like a super highway and like the width the cleariness of it the no blowdowns what's funny too is like you connect to the pct and when you connect off of the pct there's like a junction and instantly again they might have cleared this at this point but it was funny for us because like as soon as you started like the first five steps on that pnt you hit a blowdown, A huge one. Yeah, a huge <laughs> one. And it was like, you were just on the PCT, smooth sail and whatnot.
1: And it was extra funny because of course it's a PCT, so there's tons of people. And we got there right when the South Bounders were starting. And this part of the PCT, I guess, relative to other parts of it, is like not as well maintained. It's like quite steep. And there's, you know, some brush encroachment on the side. Mm-hmm. And so all these pct years where we were having to like, oh, this trails here is like really tough. It's not as good as the rest of the PCT. Yeah. We and were, we were just laughing.
0: We were even running into some of the fast no boers and like I don't know, the PNT had a certain mystique to it. Like even before I hiked it, I would hear like, Oh that person through hiked the PNT. Like they're so mysterious.
1: I remember thinking that the PNT hikers I met on the PCT were like stuck up and arrogant and I'm like they think that it's harder like it's only 1200 miles, jeez how hard can it be? Yeah. And then hiking the PNT and meeting the PCTers I'm like oh I get it.
0: You realize the discrepancy in miles.
1: I am that snob now.
0: (laughs) Yeah Um, so yeah I mean I would highly recommend this trail. I hope we unpacked it in a way that is understandable to people that are interested in it people that are out hiking it, people that want to hike it we kind of
1: we glossed over a lot of the stories yeah. and the adventures on it, but like my favorite trail, I think, yeah. hands down. It's fantastic.
0: My favorite trail, too. Um, it's the
1: perfect mix of easy, like roadwalk stuff where you can make up miles and like difficult, challenging, interesting terrain. It's yeah. so varied. Like, it's the best trail.
0: You can have a very strong trail family if you want. You can also be completely out alone and feel like you're completely alone if, wa- if you want. The flexibility of the miles, the people you hike with, it's just, like, it's perfect. At least in these years that we've done it and are hearing about it, it's, like, it's the perfect blend as of right
1: now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I hope this doesn't make the trail too popular.
0: <laughs> no. Um, but I hope it brings awareness because, like, again, I wanted to unpack that stigma or whatever it Reputation. is. Reputation of It's, like, it's not going to be, like, you're out there by yourself. There's – it's a trail. You're going to go through towns, you're going to be able to access things, there's going to be other hikers, there's going to be other day hikers, other travelers. Don't let it too, scare you too much of the big bushwhack boogie monster, so I don't know. What do you think it is on a ramen scale?
1: Mm, I'm going to give it the full creamy chicken.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that. I want to give it the full creamy chicken, but I also don't want to be a Hippocratical Oather again, Uh like I was, uh, because last week I said no trail can get five stars or a full creamy chicken. So I'm going to give it a 4.9 creamy chicken ramen, which means you open the sugar packet. It's not sugar. You You open the flavoring packet and you dumped it all into the ramen, but you left a little too much water and you also left a little too much flavor in the packet. So like you didn't get the full power of the creamy chicken, but you got pretty, pretty close. All right. Yeah. Okay. And maybe if you want to, you can lick that little extra flavor in that packet, bring it up to a 4.95 star. Maybe.
1: We like the PNT. Yeah,
0: we love the PNT. So, yeah, that is the Pacific Northwest Trail in a very, very, very confined nutshell. Um, we didn't really talk a whole lot about the trail. We talked about resupply points. We talked about the states. We talked about some alternates. We talked about the flavor, which is creamy chicken, or at least as close as possible. That's the PNT. Bye bye. How do we end this? I just did. Oh, okay. Well, folks, another week, another guest, another episode. We have been really enjoying sharing these stories and really diving into the minds behind the miles, the minds behind the hiker, the minds behind the outdoors person. We have been loving this format. We have been loving the conversations. So, yeah, as this show has continued to grow, we have been really loving being able to share all these stories. So... If you all really enjoy this show, this episode, this podcast, we would love to hear from you. So please, if you are able, go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, leave us a rating, and let us know. Let us know how you are enjoying the show so we can continue to share and we can continue to spread these stories as we dive into the who and the how, not necessarily the what. As we get to take a look into the minds and really see what makes these hikers tick, really see what makes these hikers these outdoors people these climbers continue to want to live a life of adventure so yeah please leave us a review over on apple Podcasts. like subscribe every little thing really helps us and fuels us to continue to share these stories and to continue to let us have these conversations with more amazing people and as always If you have a suggestion, if you know of somebody that you really want to hear on the show or you yourself want to be a guest on the show, please email us at offtrailpodcast or visit our Instagram page at offtrailpodcast and communicate with us through there. Send us a message, follow along, get updates on the new guests that are coming out, the new episodes that are coming out. We would love to share your story. We would love to hear from you. Any suggestions, any guests, all are welcome. Hope to see you next week. On and off, trail.